morning. Good morning. Everybody doing good today? You guys doing well? Yeah, come on. Fall's here. Thankful for the cool weather. Trees are showing off. It's looking awesome out there. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you definitely need the word of God. I can tell by your face you need the word of God. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I didn't forget about you. You need it too. I can tell you need the word of God this morning. <laughs> it's good to see you. This morning, I want to talk about a thankful heart. A thankful heart. A couple scriptures. Ephesians 5.20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This last week in the year of the Bible, we had a passage from Psalm 118.1. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. If you're thankful for the love of God in your life, come on, let's give him some praise in this place. It's good to be thankful. All right, so what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen this week? We're going to go on an eating frenzy known as Thanksgiving. That's what's going to happen this week. It's going to be good. And uh, how many of you guys, you do more of a traditional Thanksgiving? You got the turkey and the stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, greens, macaroni and cheese, all that. Sweet tea. Got to have some sweet tea. Only communists drink unsweetened tea. That's how we identify them. We're going to be going into this week of Thanksgiving. How many guys are going to be traveling? Anybody traveling, going out of town for Thanksgiving? Travelers, travelers, going by plane, plane riders, car drivers, car drivers with small children. We're going to open up the altars as soon as the service is over to pray for you. God, help us all. It's going to be good. How many guys are going to go visit some family? Visit some family? How many of you guys are going to go visit at least one family member that is difficult to be around? How many of you guys are going to go visit one of those? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you're probably that person, just so you know. It's, you're probably the person that's difficult. You're like, oh, I don't have a hard time around anybody. Oh, that's because everybody has a hard time around you. Uh, how many going hunting? Going hunting? Going to the deer woods? Going back out into deer woods? Going to a little duck hunting? I went out in the deer woods this last week. Got me two does. Right, meat in the freezer. Got them at one time. Pretty impressive, right? I don't really call it hunting, though, in the South. I call it grocery shopping with a rifle. Because think about this. You feed them, right? So they come to the same spot every day for breakfast. And they keep coming to that spot. They don't know when hunting season starts. So they're like, hey, kids, come on, let's go get breakfast. And then their mornings are dramatically impacted. It's just, just, but hey, you know, meat in the freezer. It's all good. It's all good. Haven't got my big buck yet, though. Haven't got that yet. How many of you guys got a buck already? Got a buck? Uh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> so happy. That's good. What about uh, Black Friday shopping? Any Black Friday shoppers in here? Oh, man, I knew we had some strong, courageous people in this church. Come on, if we got every Black Friday shopper saved, we would complete the Great Commission in a matter of weeks. Come on now. Because it takes more courage to walk into Best Buy on Black Friday than it does to face ISIS. I'm, con- I'm convinced, like, those people, they got to be some of the most brave, a little bit unbalanced in the head, but brave people that we know. In America, we set aside time, a day, a year, where we are thankful. Uh, in reality, I think we could probably live more of a lifestyle of thankfulness. I think we've got a lot to be thankful for. 
I think it is, though. It's a great time this week. Even before we get to Thanksgiving Day, if we spent this week, we just started writing down and thinking about all the things that we could be thankful for. I encourage you to do that. Like literally start writing down everything that God has done in your life, how thankful we should be for, the, for his blessings, for how he takes care of us. I, I think that we have a tendency to not live in that place, to not live in a place of thankfulness. I know that I certainly do. And, and, you know, most of the time when, I, when I'm giving a sermon, the truth is, like, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to anybody. I, I know that there are a lot of times in my life when I do not express thankfulness to the level that I could, and maybe that I should. Uh, there's this story in the book of Luke, and, and I think that it, it kind of describes, lays out in a clear way how important it is to have a thankful heart to be people that are thankful. And and we're going to go to that this morning. It's in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, this is in the King James Version, all right? So we're going old school on this. It's going to be cool. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, and they went, they were cleansed. And one, everybody say one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, the reason why that's important is because the Samaritans, man, they were the outcasts of culture. They, I mean, you talk about racism, and these people really face it, and they face it from really every people group around them, but especially the Jews. They treated these people horribly. And so these, this is Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit today. What we can learn in regards to a heart of thankfulness. I believe that this word can really help you this week. Uh, And not just this week, but but throughout your life, really, but especially approaching a week of thankfulness. I've learned that thankfulness, maybe more than anything else, helps unlock the blessings of God in my life. I've seen that, that when I'm operating in a place of thankfulness, I get much more of a kingdom perspective and mindset than any other time. Like I see people a lot more like I think Jesus sees them when I'm operating in a place of thankfulness. I've also learned that nothing stings relationship quite like ingratitude, being ungrateful, uh, including our relationship with God. I think that our relationship with God can be severely affected by a lack of gratitude that we have towards him, what he's done in our lives. And, And what I've seen is and even in the word, it shows that the, one of the biggest indictments that God has against mankind 
is that we get to a place where we are dull, cold, and callous to his love, grace, and mercy that he's poured out on us, to the place where we have forgotten everything that he's done for us through his son Jesus on the cross to where we get to the place where we forget how utterly dependent we truly are on him and on his goodness. And God God would hold that against his people throughout the whole word. In fact, in Romans chapter one, it says, though they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. And I have seen this happen in all phases, in all economic statuses around people. In other words, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're doing really, really well or doing really, really poor. That's not necessarily what dictates a heart of thankfulness. Because on any given day, I I might have an appointment with a really wealthy person, a wealthy man. And this has happened recently, where I'll meet with them, and, and they got a lot more money, and they got a lot more stuff than any of us. But as I sit there and talk to them, I hear about how stressed they are, how discouraged they are, how anxious they are, how fearful they are of the future, how it literally is causing them physical sickness because they're so wound up and discouraged about life and the economy and all these things. Then in the same day, I might have another appointment with someone that is by all means poor, they live a very modest lifestyle. And the interesting thing is, is sometimes they, they're dealing with real struggles, and they, they're physical sicknesses and these things that they're struggling with. But, but somehow in talking to them, they're so grateful and thankful that they're even alive. And there's more peace and there's more joy around those people than the person who has everything. A thankful heart is definitely not dictated by whether or not you have or don't have. It's, it's, it's something a lot deeper than that. And I've seen this in people's lives. This ingratitude, it's, it's like a heaviness that they wear around. Even though looking at them, you would think that they'd be the most grateful people that you know. Ingratitude has always been spotted by the recipient of the ingratitude. It's easy for the person who isn't being shown gratitude to see it. And all of us, we've probably been in that room. We've been in that meeting. We've been around those people where they should have been giving us more gratitude than they were. But I want to stop right there because some of you right now, you're sitting there mad and offended thinking about all the people that should be grateful for you. Thinking about, man... I'm so glad he's preaching on this. Some of you, you're elbowing people around you right now. You're giving him the stanky eye because you're like, mm-hmm, you need to be more grateful for me. But here's the deal. For some of you, you're way too sensitive to this. And for some of you, no amount of gratitude is going to heal you because the issue is an identity issue. Because you're still trying to find your fulfillment through people. And, and, that, and they're never going to be able to fulfill you. But all of us love to feel gratitude. We love to feel like people are thankful for us. Raise your hand if you've ever been ungrateful in your whole life. Raise your hand if you've ever been ungrateful. Let me help you be honest. How many of you have ever been a toddler? 
Okay. See, you've all been ungrateful at one point or another in your life. All of us have experienced this. And someone may approach you at some point and say, look, I I feel like you're just not very grateful. Well, here's the deal. Your response will probably be, no, 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 no. I got a tremendous amount of gratitude for you. I have a lot of gratitude for you. I feel a lot of appreciation for you. The problem, though, is not what you're feeling. The problem is what you're not expressing. The problem is what you're not conveying in thankfulness. Gratitude or ingratitude will determine the depth of the relationships that are in your life. Why? Because gratitude determines how much of me I'm willing to give to someone else. And it also determines how much they will trust me or entrust to me from them. This is a really, really big deal. And it was a really big deal to Jesus too. Gratitude versus ingratitude. If you go back to the text, let me describe some of what's going on. First of all, these lepers, they're a long ways off because they actually weren't allowed to get near people. By law, they were not allowed to get near people. They had to declare that they were unclean. They had to declare that they were sick. And so from a long ways off, they say, Jesus, have mercy. And Jesus says, well, go to the priest because by law, the priest was the only person that could declare whether someone was clean or not clean. So go, go, go to the priest. And as they started to walk, they were healed. One of them, one out of 10, turned around. And was like, oh yeah, I should probably go thank Jesus. Like that's probably a good thing to do. One out of ten. And what did he say to him though? Well, what he didn't say is he didn't say, "Uh, hey Jesus, like um, why was it that you had me sick for so long? Why was it that I had to deal with this leprosy so, for so much of my life? Why did you do that to me? He, he also didn't say, oh, okay, Jesus, great, but can I have 100 bucks? Uh, I'm going to need some money now. Uh, he also didn't say, oh, uh, Jesus, I need you to give me a new house, please. Uh, or Jesus, while you're in the business of doing miracles, could you also change my wife? Because it's going to take a miracle. No, he didn't say any of those things. He said two words that catapulted him way beyond where his other nine friends were. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was worship. Thankfulness is worship. He just realized he now had something that he didn't have before and he didn't deserve it. And he was thankful He was thankful. In verse 17, Jesus asked, you can see the herd in Jesus. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Look, how many times do we take things for granted? To me, as Christ followers, every day should be a tour of thankfulness. You wake up in the morning, you sit down, and and you drink your cup of coffee. We're my coffee people out in the house. Come on, the real Christians. Come on, we gotta have it. We gotta have it. And you sip that coffee. Taste. 
taste. I'm so thankful I get to taste. As you walk out of your house and you feel the now brisk Arkansas air, I feel. I'm so thankful I get to feel. You get in your car to set off towards your work or wherever you're going and and you turn on worship music because I know that's all you all listen to. That's all you ever listen to is, is worship music. And you turn on your favorite band or whatever it is and you're going down the road and you're just enjoying that time. Here. I get to hear. I'm thankful that I get to hear. And through the entire process of the day, just being grateful, just thankful. Like even as you're sitting in traffic in your car, you're sitting in a car. Thank you, God, that you provided transportation for me. It would change your entire perspective. And it changes your proximity to the presence of God. The crazy thing is so many Christians have just this bent towards being negative, <laughs> towards complaining, towards whining. It's just like, come on, they live in the land of me, like on a consistent basis. And I think one of the most oxymoronic things I can think of is an entitled Christian. Like, we deserve something. Like, we're the one person that understands we don't deserve anything. Honestly, I would much rather be around a grateful lost person than an ungrateful Christian. Like, any day of the week. Sometimes we just miss this. And I know this is punchy. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel condemnation or guilt. But I am trying to help you understand that your perspective, your level of thankfulness, can change your life for the better. No matter what you face in your life. No matter what you walk through, it can change your life for the better. Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing his praises. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning. And your faithfulness by night. Throughout the day, you just see the things that you can be thankful for. There's so many ways to show gratitude to God. You being in church right now, I think, shows gratitude to God. You being a worshiper shows thankfulness to God and gratitude to God. You spending time with him daily as you're reading through the word, as you pray in daily devotion, I think those things show gratitude and thankfulness to God. But how can we be persons of thankfulness? How do we stay in that place? First of all, I think you have to ask for the mercy of God. You know, it started there for these 10 lepers. It started at a place of calling out and crying out for mercy. In verse 13, then they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They declared Jesus as Master, as Lord, and then asked for his mercy. And Jesus responded. Let's look at this, this disease, leprosy. About 16 years ago, I was in Kathmandu, Nepal. I had a chance to go outside of the city to a literal leper, leper colony where they put everyone with leprosy. And over 20 years ago, they had a cure for this disease, but there were still people, obviously, that were affected for majority of their life before they found the cure. And because of people's, 
idea of the disease and culture, they were not allowed to re-enter culture because people still were scared and paranoid about this disease. But we went to this place, and man, it, it's tough. It was really, really, it was, it was a very unpleasant side as you saw people where they're just falling apart, literally. What this disease does is it affects the nerve endings. It gets to a place where you actually cannot feel pain. And, and that's a problem because if you can't feel pain, you don't even realize when you're injuring yourself. And, and as a result of that, they're constantly covered in cuts. And, and, and the appendages, because they lose feeling, the skin, the, the, the flesh literally dies. So they lose their noses and their ears and their fingers and their toes and, and sometimes even more. Sometimes they, they lose literally their eyelids rot and fall away to where they, they can't even close their eyes anymore. They have to constantly be putting some sort of moisture in their eyes. And as we went and we saw these people, one of the most incredible things was going and being able to put a hand on their arm. That touch from a person would bring a light into their eye again. And even though we couldn't speak the language, just speaking in an encouraging tone, how grateful and thankful they were that someone cared enough to be near them, to touch them. The truth is this. We are all lepers. Because we were all rotting in our sin. Dying slowly. And Jesus came near to us. And he touched us. And he gave us hope. He showed us mercy. The word Jesus tells the story of a master who wanted to have a banquet. And he wanted everyone that he called his own to be there, to be a part of this banquet. So he sent a servant out and he said, I want you to gather in everyone from everywhere. Gather them in. So the servant went out, and when he returned, he didn't bring back good news. He, he brought back the news that, I'm sorry, master, but people were too busy. Uh, there was one man who, who was busy tending to his flock of, of cattle, and he couldn't come because it was just too much work. It took too much time. Another man who was newly married, and he, he didn't want to leave his new bride, and so, so he couldn't come. And an excuse after excuse, and so the master said, okay. I want you to go out again, but this time I want you to gather in the hurting. I want you to gather in the blind. I want you to gather in the broken. I want you to gather in the disease because I want my house to be full. And by the way, that's us. We're the broken. We're the blind. We're the disease. And we don't even deserve to be at the table. But by the grace of God, he sent his servant, Jesus. And Jesus gathered us back into his house we should be thankful for the mercy to even sit at the table because none of us deserve it. We're all broken in our sin. But if we'll call out for mercy, we have an opportunity. Here's the thing. Only one of them responded to the real opportunity. Because the real opportunity was much more than just being healed. Of their disease. It says in verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. 
Number two, be quick to return your thanks. Be quick to return your thanks. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet and giving thanks. He was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And I know the tendency, the tendency would be, Pastor James, you understand, I'm in the middle of a mess right now, and I'm not thankful for it. I'm not thankful for it. Well, I want to point back to a verse I read last week, or two weeks ago, in James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. When the prophet Daniel received word that there was a group of evil men that were plotting to take his life, this is the prayer that he offered up in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. You see, the situation and the circumstance didn't change the level of thankfulness. Because thankfulness is birds out of a place that is much bigger than your current situation. And I don't know what trial you're facing, but I know God does. And by his grace, he sent his spirit, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. He dwells with you. And because he dwells with you, it doesn't matter what trial you're facing. You can still be thankful. As a Christ follower, nothing can ever put you in a position where you have lost the thing that you can be most thankful for. And that is the hope of Jesus Christ that is in you. And so my prayer would be that no matter what you're facing, whatever trial you're going through, that you still would be a person that would be quick to bring your thanks back to God. One of the most important verses that I can read today is in Psalm 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, some of us, we, or many of us, maybe we have somebody that we hold in a high regard, like somebody that, man, we would give anything to hang out with this person. It may be a sports figure. It, it may be your favorite musician. It, it may be somebody in politics. It may be somebody like that. But if you would do anything to put yourself in the same room as them, much less have a conversation with them. And if it was made available to you, and it was something that was reasonable, wouldn't you do whatever it took to be around that person, to be able to be in the room with them? Well, we're talking about being around the creator of the universe and your password and your entry to be around the loving, gracious, all-powerful, mighty God is just simply being thankful. It's just saying, thank you. I'm thankful. And you get to be around the creator of the universe with thankfulness. Man, thankfulness. The story says that one out of ten made a 180. One out of ten. I wonder what the stats are today. See, I have a feeling that so much of what we're facing as a culture is because we're not in the 10%. We drift away from that so easily. Now, I really believe that we would look different as a nation and as a people Right now, if we were just more thankful. If we were thankful. I think Jesus told this story to get the stats up. 
to get more people thinking about the healing that they've received. My guess is this. If you were healed of some life-threatening disease, if you were healed of that disease, you would probably go around telling everybody how thankful that you were that this happened. I think Jesus is saying, just don't forget to tell me too. Just don't forget to come back to me and tell me too. Tell me that you're thankful. It means a lot to me. If we went and and tracked down the other nine, if we went and tracked down the other nine, and we asked them, man, you're not not grateful, are you? They say, oh, no, no, no. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. This has changed. I got my life back. I got my life back. They don't feel ungrateful. But unexpressed gratitude, most of the time it's expressed ingratitude. If you're not expressing how grateful you are, in turn, a lot of times you're just expressing how ungrateful you are. Recently, I did something small for somebody. It wasn't even a big deal, but just within minutes of doing this for them, I got a text from them saying how thankful they were. Here's the thing, though. I was not surprised I got that text. In fact, I almost expected it because I know how grateful they are. They're just grateful people. And by the way, it makes me want to give them more. It makes me want to do more for them. I'm just like, oh, they're so grateful. Like they see the big and the small things are just grateful people. I want to just be around them. It's fun to be around those types of people that are just grateful. He likes to amen me and I don't mind it at all. It's okay. Listen, thankfulness is not this inward attitude or mindset. Thankfulness is an outward expression of relationship. That's what it is. It's you just showing that you appreciate. And when you fail to do that, the relationships around you begin to bleed. The relationships around you, they get wounded. Look, all of our hearts gravitate towards acceptance. And all of our hearts are repelled by rejection. Gratefulness for so many people in small and big ways is interpreted as rejection. This is a reason why our teenagers sometimes wind up with the wrong crowds because they get around the crowd that just seem to appreciate them more. And maybe your teenager wouldn't be hanging out around the wrong people if the right people were just a lot more grateful for them. Maybe starting with you. Maybe you expressing how grateful you are for your teenager would change who they hang out around. You can see this stat in marriages, in fact, in in couples that are in their 50s. Couples that are in their 50s. Over the last 15 years, the divorce rate has quadrupled. Why? Because in time, they just forgot to be thankful for their spouse. You get to a place where you just quit being thankful for the big and the small things of that relationship. And eventually... When there's not gratefulness in relationship, the relationship dies. But gratefulness brings new life into it. It just changes something. Look, all of us have experienced this with our kids. All of us have experienced what it's like to feel that little bit of rejection when they weren't thankful for something. How many of you are raising kids and trying to get them to be thankful right now? Come on. The struggle is real, people. Come on. Look, I know. I've got four kids. So if I went to my four kids and I wanted to give each one of them a piece of candy, this is what it usually goes. This is how it usually goes. 
I'm going to start giving them out. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Is this all we get? I'm going to snatch that right back out from them. And I'm going to go give it to the kid that seems a little more grateful. I'm going to be like, look, your daddy doth giveth and your daddy doth take away. You need to recognize. Going to the movie theater. Whew. Y'all know what it's like taking four kids to the movie theater? You got to finance that sucker. Like you going around like, what kind of APR you guys got around here? Because I'm about to buy some popcorn. It's going to set me back a little bit. So I need y'all to pour something out for me. So you buy the big tub of popcorn, right? Now I've done this. This has happened. This has happened recently. So you go in the movie theater and you sit down. And I made the mistake of giving the tub to one of the kids. They have the tub. So I'm not thinking about it, though. The movie starts up. I'm just sitting there. It's, things are cool. I reach over, grab a couple pieces. And as soon as I grab some, they go like this. And I notice it. I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. No, I know I did not just see that. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Few more seconds. I start to reach over. I'm like, I can remove every good and perfect thing from your life. Or I can rain down so much popcorn on your head that it'll be pressed down, shaken together and overflowing with blessing. You make the choice. Either you're grateful and I want to give you more things or you're stingy and you ain't getting nothing. But you know what? When you do one of these moves with your time and your talents and your energy and your treasure and God is reaching over and you pull one of these moves, you're going to wind up with nothing because you think you're holding on to everything, but you're losing everything because there's nothing better than the presence and favor of God in your life. There's nothing better than it. But you got to be grateful if you're going to see it. Because favor doesn't come randomly like from science. It comes from thankfulness. Even Jesus gave partial treatment to the one that was thankful. Let's see how partial it was. Number three, a thankful heart completes the plan of Jesus. A thankful heart completes the plan of Jesus. It says in verse 19, And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. See, the plan to heal and the plan to make whole is Jesus' plan. We have too many people that are healed from sin but are not healthy. There's too many people. Jesus healed you and then you walked away from him. But his plan isn't just to heal you of your sin. His plan is to make you whole. His plan is to make you whole. His plan is to use you. His plan is to to have close relationship with you where he can constantly pour out his blessings on you. 
Jesus' plan is not just to fix you. His plan is to make you whole. You don't get that unless you're close to him. And I think thankfulness, man, it just puts you close to the presence of God. This would be my prayer for you as your pastor. And I think that, man, if you go into this week, if you go into this week with a thankful heart, you're going to actually have thanksgiving because you're actually going to experience what it's like to be thankful. Because I see way too many people. The holidays approach, and it is the most commercialized, jacked-up thing I have ever seen. Because some of you ladies, the holidays come around, and you're more worried about how your Instagram pictures look of all your decorations than being thankful, than experiencing the holiday. Like, I believe if you're thankful, you could actually experience thankfulness during Thanksgiving, and you might actually be thankful for Jesus at Christmas if you're thankful. Man, can we get back to that place? Come on, can we get back to that place where we're actually thankful for what we're supposed to be thankful for? Man, it'd be so good. I believe that we can. Another verse out of the year of the Bible reading from this last week in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, man, let us be thankful. And so worship God. Worship God with perseverance and awe. For God is a consuming fire. Man, power of God. Let's close your eyes, bow our heads. Like I said before, I, I, <laughs> some of y'all are like, man, I've come to church, get all beat up. Make me feel all bad about everything. That's not what I'm trying to do. And, and as I said earlier, I, I want you to know, like, I'm preaching to myself. I, there's so many people around me, that even the people that are closest to me, that I just don't express thankfulness towards enough. Uh, including my wife. I, I'm not always thankful enough to Cody. Just everything that she does. Man, she does so much. Uh, we have one of the most incredible staffs of, 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 of pastors and, and leaders and lay pastors that serve around this church. And sometimes I just don't express thankfulness enough to them. And if you're, if you're any of those people in this room, I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, and, and this is too easy, and this is not the way that I would encourage you to do, because not everybody gets to stand on a stage with a mic publicly, I just want to say how thankful I am for my staff, for our lay pastors and pastors, for anybody that is leading and making an impact in other people's lives. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your time, the hours, the energy, the emotion, the passion. Thank you. Thank you. I know that you didn't do it for me. I know that you didn't even do it for New Life Church. You did it for the kingdom, but I want you to know closeness in relationship. For some of you, you need to experience this with Jesus today. And it starts with you understanding that you need his mercy. You need his mercy. We all need his mercy. And it's you crying out, calling out, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Jesus. And then you draw near to him. 
Be sincere. Be real. Confess. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you were dead in your sin. Admit that you were just an eroding corpse in your sin without him. Confess those things to him. If you're here today and you're ready to make that step, you know that you need the mercy of Jesus in your life and you need to call on him as master. Maybe you've just gotten way away from a place of thankfulness and and so you need to rededicate your life because you've, you've forgotten where everything comes from. If you're either one of those people, I'm just gonna ask you to put your hand up right now in this room and I wanna pray for you. And as soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I just need to get right with Jesus today. Got it, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, bro. Got it. Anybody else? I just need to get right with Jesus today. I need to come back to him. Yes. Jesus, have mercy. I need your mercy. Anybody else? Got it. Thanks, man. Man, it doesn't matter if it takes you a little while as long as you do it matter if it takes you a while to respond just just make sure you respond anybody else I need the mercy of Jesus today got it man thank you sir thanks for being bold God will honor it yes sir yes ma'am yes sir yes sir got it Christians are praying right now the presence of God is here he is individually uniquely speaking to every person. This is what it's like to be close to the presence of God. Anybody else ready to respond to that? Okay. Got several hands. Praise God for that. I just want us all to pray together and if you, if you raise your hand today, really important that you you tell somebody about the decision that you're making right now. Uh, the, uh, the best way to do that is, is through water baptism, but but even just walking out today, somebody that you know loves you and maybe another Christ follower, you know they're a Christ follower, just say, hey, I made the decision to, to give my life to Jesus. To rededicate my life. Tell somebody about it. But right there in your seat, let's just talk to God. Just be honest. Let's be real. Let's be sincere. Just say, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm I'm lost without you. I know that I, I was dead in my sin. I was sick in my sin. But I'm asking for your mercy, Jesus. I'm asking that you, that you heal me. Heal me of my sin. And I, I want you to know that I'm going to give my life to you. I, I want you to be in control. I don't want to be in control. I, I know that I'm not good at that. But I want you to be my master now. I want you to be my Lord. And, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you came from a perfect place to a broken world and you put on skin and you you became my sin. You, you 
allowed yourself to be tortured, brutally murdered, and you saw me, and you knew me by name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to understand your love. I want to understand your purpose. I I want to know your word. I, I I want to be led by your spirit. Thank you for being my Lord, for saving me, for having a relationship with me. God, I thank you for every person that said that prayer for the first time today or the first time in a long time, maybe. God, let us be a people. Let us be a church family that walk every day taking a tour of thankfulness. You're a good God. You're so good, God. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're thankful, let's give God some praise in this place. Come on.